the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, Jesse, you know, you can tell that this is a, uh, uh, that we're, that we're kind of cramming this recording in, um, and you can tell that the season is back because, um, a, I'm sitting right next to my air conditioner right now. And hopefully that's not, um, hopefully that, that it's not making too much noise, but also B I opened up the show. Like I, like we, we record this on zoom because Jesse does not live in Toronto. He lives in Pittsburgh. Um, and we, uh, and, and Jesse asked if it was raining in Toronto and I go like, ah, oh, it's like kind of drizzling. It's like, oh, so you're just sweaty then. Um, <laughs> Because it is true, the Leafs are playing a doubleheader um, preseason, uh, I guess, opener today. Um, one game's at one, one game's at seven, and it is about four forty-five p.m. Uh, so I had to had to book it home, go to the rink in the morning, book it home now. Then literally the second we stop recording, close my laptop, heading back to the rink. Hockey is in, it's in full swing, baby. I know this is a podcast; people can't see you. What's this thick top you have on right now? It's just a. Uh, it's it's like a uh sweater you've got too many thing. layers that's the problem with your well, that's no, why you're so wet because um because well a it's it's like pretty chilly in toronto these days like it's, it's, it's fall like, hit us hard here yeah fall, fall is like it's cre- usually there's a pretty slow like in september usually through the end of september it's still at least in toronto it's still pretty hot now Great, yeah same here it is like it has completely just like immediately flipped the switch to fall the day that we changed the fall it dropped 20 degrees just yeah. And it was like, okay, we're full, we're full, full, full bore hockey season. So listen, you're a working man. I don't, I, you got a long trek. How, how, how many blocks is that? What are we talking like kilometers here for you? Well, it's like, so it was great because my last, the last place I lived in, which, and the building was terrible. I'm much happier where I am now. Um, Cause I actually have like greenery around me and stuff, but I, uh, so I, I, I book it to Dundas station and then I take the street or uh, the, the subway down uh two two stops king queen and then go to union and i barely have to go outside to get to the rink but it takes about i would say but i have to walk there and it takes about um i would say probably like 20 minutes like in total commute but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like like rushing and the subway was so delayed it was ridiculous toronto is an infrastructure nightmare i haven't been to toronto in a long time mike but the next time i come up i'm gonna have to have you sherpa me around because pittsburgh is just so tiny compared to toronto it's so small it's still tucked in those little rivers it's not a sprawling downtown landscape it's if you get lost in downtown pittsburgh there's probably you probably have you you got some issues it's a problem that you're you're boxed in by huge natural landmarks uh while you're at that one o'clock game today mm-hmm. uh the ottawa senators lost by the way to the toronto maple leafs i believe sure the did. final was 4-1 is that correct 4-1 it was 4-1 and i only saw the first goal mm-hmm. uh but boy a short handed beauty uh from a man with a fresh new contract yeah, so Tim Stutzla, I mean, we it, it's interesting because we, you know, we took a bit of a break for a summer and only dropped in uh once or twice to give to give a bit of an update um on, on like news and stuff and whatnot. But yeah, Tim Stutzla, he uh, uh he signed a big deal, a very big deal. Uh it's eight years, eight point three five million dollars. Um, it's a bit of a risk. It, look, it's a bit of a risk as is signing anyone that young uh to that much money. It like look what happened with uh like Nick Suzuki in, in, in Montreal where yes, like 
he's the captain now and they're very high on him, but he hasn't, he's definitely hasn't performed to the the level of what a like $8 million player you would like, but man, Stutzel is an incredibly skilled player. He did score a beauty, but he didn't do much else uh, in the preseason game, but it's also preseason. So don't take that into too much uh, consideration there. He's just like, if based on the way the cap is going up and we're hoping it's going to, it's going to finally recover from, from sort of like that COVID stagnation and, and really sort of take it, take that next step up. And I would say, what is it? 2025 they're projecting for that. So not too far away. Um, this deal could, and, and if Stutzler reaches or even gets close to the ceiling that they're hoping for, this could become a very, very nice deal for them. The question is what, because I think as a player right now, there's a lot of things he's really good at, but he hasn't found that ability to consistently create offense in high danger scoring chances to even strength. Right. Um, like last year, um, you know, produced well, but that was a lot of that was power play time, right? You're going to need more. You're going to be for that contract for that value, right? You gotta, you, you can't just be a power play specialist. You've got to do it at even strength. Now I'm not I, like, I don't have a super level of concern about this, Mike, because unbelievable transition numbers from this kid he can carry the puck. And anytime you're moving the puck successfully, you're distributing it to teammates successfully, you know, points find their way to you. Right. You know, you can hang your hat on that as a reliable foundation of, of good play. So something to be said for that, something to be said that to keep an eye on the finishing percentage, right. And see, see where that goes. But um, from an even strength offense perspective, I think the hope uh, and the bet here from Ottawa is that that comes and gets better and continues to improve. You're right. You need to be, you need to be able to produce even strength when you're making that much money and um, for that long as well. He hasn't proven that he can do that yet, but like you said as well, there's some pretty fantastic transition numbers. The numbers, like the numbers community really likes this deal. And the numbers community usually doesn't like any deal that pays a lot of money. I found that yeah. like the analytics people, and maybe, maybe not necessarily like the Dom decision kind of an- analytics people, because Dom's a pretty level-headed person. But I mean like the real sort of like frothing at the mouth, like you know, get get pleasure from the feral ones. Get pleasure from RAPM charts kind of kind of people um anytime a, sh- a deal and is no that matter- a shot at josh and luke Did no that's just- a, that's a shot at ian tollick really <laughs> okay and i have I, i'll have an ian tollick story to to end off the the show don't worry i'm not bringing up the i'm not bringing up the, the dangle navy anymore because i feel like i've done a lot of damage to the morale of this team no just- you have it's it's all good it, you haven't you, you have you're not our yoko oh no don't worry like you haven't <laughs> i didn't split the beatles up okay. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um it's it's more fantasy hockey really because we're all in a fantasy league and ian uh ian's a very funny guy anyway um, but this is like, like I said, you know, this is a risk, like, like you, you are, you are paying him for future performance and that's what you want. That's kind of what you want to do with players. Like you definitely don't want to pay them for past performance. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, the Detroit, that's what got the Detroit Red Wings in, in a lot of trouble. And that's what got the Evans Oilers in a lot of trouble, um, cap wise. And, oh, wow, look, it's the same guy who, who, uh, is leading those two guys, maybe, or those two teams, maybe we should look into that. But anyway, um, this is definitely, it's a definitely a risk, but. The guy's 20 years old, you know, his first couple, his first, his first couple of years in the NHL were like, you know, they had the, the specter of COVID-19 hanging over them, hanging over them, you know, for most of it. And especially even like they had the, the no fans for out the, throughout the entire season in 2021. And then also you had the Sens become the first team to get really sort of like mollywalked by COVID going through their entire dressing room last year. This is his first sort of like normal season, like no disruptions, you know, no waffling back and forth between fans and no fans. The best no team sh- he's played on 
bar none. Oh, and, and he's he's put in his position to succeed. He's he's got you know he's got Josh Norris, Brady Chuck, Alex DeBrincat, Drake Batherson, uh, and and Claude Giroux all around him who he could potentially be playing with. Um, so that'll help your even strength numbers out, Mike. That will definitely help your even strength numbers. And also, like it is, we have to we have to also remember too that it is important to produce on the power play. Like it, like no, like at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing. No, at the no. end of the day, you do have to produce on the power play, and he already has that down. So good for him. Um, I really like it. I mean, Ottawa. I don't. I don't think that they're like their fans are are getting ahead of themselves a lot. Um, they because they've been so bad for so long that I completely understand why they're feeling themselves right now, uh, based on the 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 roster improvement in just such a short time and it's so unexpected too. Like no one expected the Sens to go oh, and sure. get the Brincat. No one expected the Sens to go out and sign Giroux. No one expect like and they've locked up all like pretty much all of their young core. Yeah, it's fan- it's a fantastic uh, uh, off season, but. The the Sens, I mean, they're gonna they're tough division. It's it's a, a tough division. Uh, it's the toughest in the NHL. And B, their defense sucks, man. Like I'm like I'm not gonna sh- sugarcoat it. Their defense sucks. When you have any any blue line that has Nikita Zaitsev playing top four minutes, it's gonna suck. You know, any like Artem Zub is like their best right hand, you know, right shot. Like Jake Sanderson looked okay today, but he got walked a couple times by by like Dennis Mulgan. You yeah. know, it, it's it's like they there's a lot like that's going to hold them back. And also like they're staking their claim on Cam Talbot. I was just about to get to that. I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to sell out on not having a great D, you could at least try to counterbalance that by having like a you know really strong offense. And uh, wow. Not looking like that's going to be the case, or a really strong goaltending, excuse me. And um, I don't know that they did that. They did not. Uh, I'll tell you a story. Um, you know, when the Penguins are like working their way out of their dark ages and like crawling back to relevancy. Yeah. Um, they had a year where you know the, they had the young good players, and then they had went out and signed Ziggy Palfy. Yeah, this was um, what oh five oh. This was oh yeah. six oh seven. Yeah. I think? They said Ziggy yeah. Palfy. I remember. Um, that. Uh, John LeClaire was on that team. Oh, um, hell yeah. Yeah. Was like this, he, Gary, this was Gary Roberts, right? Gary Roberts. Because he was, um, that, that was one of the too uh, much man. This may be taken. before, this is pre Gary Roberts. Pre? He's, I thought it would have been post. Interesting. No, he came. Uh, this is pre, like the Penguins haven't even made the playoffs in the Crosby Malkin era yet, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, they made a run that first year that Gonchar was another shining they made, right? This is his first year. Um, and they, like, everybody was so amped up, Mike, because they had been so bad. Right. And they've gone out and they've made these moves. They've got these young players and they have what looks like a decent team right on paper. Right. And they just got whacked. Dude, it was so bad. Like, when, like, you know, with like the highest expectations, right? Like thinking like, wow, we're going to be super competitive. Like it's going to be unbelievable. Ziggy Poffy retired before the season was even over. Like John LeClaire injured of getting Malkin in the preseason. Like, you know, it's like the wheels just fell off. And I, and I'm not saying auto is going to be like this ill competitive, garbage team this year but I, I do agree with you that the expectation and the fandom is not likely to match the actual tangible results i don't even think it's really like the expect I, i'm not sure if they're being serious or not the fans because they're getting really ahead of themselves the senators for the first time in so long and sorry i i did have to take a bite of, of pizza because this is the first thing i've eaten today shuttling back and forth between the rank pizza hut unofficial sponsor of today's show thank you if you're listening to the show from Pizza Hut, we'll accept your corporate sponsorship. That'd be fantastic if Pizza Hut sponsored us. But um, listen, the Sens for the first time since 2017, since your Pittsburgh Penguins knocked them out of the, the Eastern Conference final. Um, that was 2017. Yes. Um, the 
like for the first time since then, then that's a long time ago. That was Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marners and William Nylander. That was their first season. You know, that was a long time ago for the, that first time. They're going to be not just relevant, sorry, not just actively not terrible or a disaster, um, but they're going to be, they're going to be competitive and they're going to be competitive in, in the most difficult division in the league with a lot of teams that have either, you know, stayed strong or improved as well. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings, I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. I don't even think they're going to be as good as, as the Sens, but they improved, you know, so much over the, over the season. I mean, you don't sign David Perron and Andrew Kopp and, and Billy Huso and, and, you know, uh, 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 Dominic Kubalik and all these guys, if you're not, if, if you're not t- intending to take that next step out of your rebuild. And your young um, players will get better. And, exactly. Yeah. And you have, you have Cider who's, you know, a fantastic defenseman and Raymond who's great and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there needs to, there, I think there does need to be sort of a tempering of expectations where it's like, this season is just going to be fun. Like, like have fun this season, have fun watching a team that is not embarrassing have fun watching a team that is not uh, tripping like, over itself. Yeah. That's uh, like, not putting its foot in its mouth every three seconds. You know, that's not giving us, you know, we're a team kind of quotes, those things. Like it's like, just enjoy it. Enjoy watching really good players play. Like enjoy watching Claude Giroux, who's on your team now. Enjoy watching Alex DeBrincat, who's on your team now, you know, enjoy, enjoy that and have fun. You know, you like you, there's a good chance that you're going to beat, you know, like Tampa or Toronto or, or uh, uh, Boston or any of these teams on any given night. And you can go into that game, not being sort of like embarrassed or try, or having to mean yourself into watching this team, which is what they did with the sickos. Like it's, it's, it's exciting time in Ottawa and Tim Stutzel. I mean, this contract just solidifies this, this off season um, that is finally bringing hope back to, to this, this market and this club that deserves good hockey and has not had it for so long. No longer a laughing stock. You're no longer making moves that are a joke and people are laughing at um, respectability. Rebridging the, the the relationship with the fans. Yes. Huge. Huge to do that. Uh, I'll tell you why I'll be watching the Senators, Mike. Hit me. Hit me. I'm just a Shane Pinto super fan. You're, you really? Yeah. I like, I like Shane Pinto. Yeah. Not a super fan, but I like him. Um, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. Um, is scoring 40 goals good? I would say so. In a season. Like for, for a team? No. For a player. For a player. Yes. Like a Jason Robertson, for example. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's pretty good. Jay Fresh had one of my favorite tweets last year. Uh, Jay Fresh, the analytics god. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he was going <laughs> to develop an app through Roku. I think it was or something like that. I don't know. Develop an app that turns off every stars game when Jason Robertson's lines not on ice. Yeah. I thought that was the funniest thing. They uh, were, they were as close to a one line team in the most literal sense as you can get in the NHL last year. Well, Robert Hintz is disgusting. I like him a lot. Uh, one of the, I think like the best players in the league, like working against the grain to open up space for himself. Mm-hmm. I like Joe Pavelski's whatever, you know, who cares, but um, he's good tip and stuff He's good at tipping stuff. So I think at the end of the day, no, you're right. And when it was, a, it was there, you know, unbelievable line. Um, but what are the stars doing, man? What they, what's the plan here? Well, as we know from a quote um, from their Hit owner, did you not? Did you not see this? Their I have not. Was, no, I haven't seen this. That's so I'm crazy. getting this fresh. Hit me with it. Um, there. Well, like, like this is just paraphrasing, but their um, like their owner was essentially like, 
I think that's the star, like star players are getting paid too way too much in the NHL and they're not leaving any money for the rest of everyone. And this is when Otten, Ottinger and Robertson weren't signed. Um, and Robertson still isn't. This is a disaster if they don't get this done. Like this is, this is like, like a legitimate disaster. This guy has done nothing but just pump in goals. He's, he's done nothing but score at basically a point per game. He's 22 years old. He is young. Oh yeah. He is good. He like last season should have been the, you should have been all you needed to see. Cause he'd had a great first year, you know, COVID shortened, but still had a great first year. And you go, can he do it again? Was it a fluke? And he came in and he did it again. We were talking about uh, uh, harbingers of good fortune, right? Yes. Jason Robertson. If you're, if you're sitting around wondering, well, goddamn, I wonder if uh, this is all smoke and mirrors. Wonder if he just shot the light. No, like controlling even strength. Like he's got that dog in him is what they say, he right? He's got that. He's got dog that dog in him. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Like every little offensive category that you could draw up, every micro statistic that you could draw up uh, is favorable to him in the offensive zone. Not the greatest player defensively, but guess what? Yeah, he's a left. He's a left wing. Who, who gives cares? a crap? Is there a position on the ice with less of a defensive responsibility? No, I don't think so. I think left wing is as low on the totem pole as it gets for what you should be worried about when it comes to playing defense. I wouldn't even let him cross the blue line. I wouldn't even, I'd tell him, you know what? Just sit, get, hang out. We don't need you. We'll be all right. You stay up there. We're going to get you the puck, make the other team respect. I just, he's got so much puck skill. His shot's disgusting. I, I, I that, that quote intrigues me so much because it's almost like there's a finite amount of money that in like the world the, in the world <laughs> it's just this like resource that dries up and that we can't use it and also for the amount of shit that hockey players go through right they don't get paid enough also for get a paid billionaire enough. to say that i want to give me gate. a break i want to yeah, get the like, game out after yeah, that like that's, that's ridiculous that's ridiculous there's no other word for it it's yeah. it's not a good look and who wants to play for a team having heard that well this is like, also the same owner that's that said it was effing horse you know, about, about how bad uh, Sagan and Ben were playing. Remember that randomly yeah, yeah, like around was... new years that one year where he's like, you know, it, they just signed like their eight year deals at like nine. They handled that really well too. Uh, Sagan, but then yeah, they were able to, you know, to move past it and actually had a good sort of end of year run that year. I remember, but like, this is an owner that put that, that is pretty outspoken. Um, but you know, there's a difference between being outspoken and, and like having something to say. And um, Tom Gagliardi, I think think it is. Uh, I probably wouldn't like, you know, venture near a microphone for the next little bit because I let me tell you, I guarantee you that quote uh, is being brought up in any negotiations that are having between you and your st- homegrown star player on your, that that is hoping to play for for the team that has no offensive capabilities whatsoever. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're like a, a good chunk of their, their offense is hinging on like an almost 40 year old Joe Pavelski, whose biggest, whose biggest uh, uh, skill is tipping in pucks. Another one is another one is Mason Marchment, you know, who is a, is a major late bloomer. And like, and I like Dennis Gariano, but like fine player, right. Complimentary player, but mm-hmm. he's not scoring 40 goals. No, he's a complimentary player. Just, just as all, everyone who I just mentioned is Jason yep. Robertson's the star. You need to pay him. Speaking of people who don't play well defensively, but in, but should probably play well defensively, um, Blake Wheeler. No, I want to I want to spend some time on this 
because a you know one of the guys in, in Daniel Navy, my good friend Brad, he lives in Winnipeg. He's a big Jets fan, and we hear way too much about them all the time. I know way too much about the Jets than I ever. Everything I've learned about the Jets is against my will. Let's just put it that way. Um, but Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, um, for the longest time, there had been rumors of locker room divisions. You know between them and multiple different players. You know rumors of the way that 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 leadership core handles things, you know, it seems very sort of cliquey. It just seems like it's sort of Shifley and, and Wheeler call the shots. And if you, and it's almost like a coaching situation where like, if you're in their if you're in their doghouse, you're gone. Think about it. They've, they've won every single battle, whether it's been, and for, you know, like he was, he was deservedly for this, but like Evander Kane, he was booted out after he, you know, clashed with them. Dustin Bufflin, you know, uh, booted out after clash with them. Like, like Andrew Cop didn't want to stay, so he got traded. Jacob Truba, you know, like, like le- demanded a trade and left. Uh, even like Paul Stassi at the end of the year said, we need to respect each other and sign somewhere, like respect each other more, sign somewhere else. And then, of course, Patrick Laine, the second overall pick, the guy who, you know, just signed a massive deal at this, like literally, you know, a week before his former captain got stripped of the sea, as we'll get into. Um, this is... And then, of course, so the, the the Jets come out and they say, you know, we're not going to have a captain this season. We're going to have a rotating, you know, group of assistants. And I'm assuming Wheeler will probably be a part of that. Um, and I wrote something about how it's a half measure. They chose a half measure. It's that famous Breaking Bad quote um, where, you know, like like th- this, this is a dysfunctional leadership group. It's a it's 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 a failure of a leadership group. They don't lead. They drive players out and and they don't play defense. They don't they, they aren't held accountable. Um and uh, and also when things don't go their way, they pout. Specifically, Mark Mark Shifley at the end of the year. Um, so it's they're like like they they deserve to have this taken from them. And yet Darren Dreger comes out on Twitter of the day, on the day that this happens and goes, "This is not an indictment on Wheeler." Just let's just be clear, everyone. This is not an indictment on Wheeler. This is just the Jets trying to have a fresh start and trying to shake things up. And I go. Darren Dreger's traps must be friggin' jacked for the, all the water that he carries for uh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets organization. The amount of the amount of of coming to going to bat for Kevin Sheveldayoff during the Kyle Beach uh, situation, and then the day that is that this captain is stripped of the sea um, after after literally like at least seven years, basically of of rumors that of just complete locker room dysfunction. Um, and then he's str- and then the, a new coach comes in for the first time, takes one look at the situation, and goes, "Yeah, you're not the captain anymore." And for you to come out and say, "Oh, but this is, isn't an indictment on him," no, it is. And the Winnipeg Jets—they chose a half measure. It will not work. They should have just gotten rid of him. If you're judging, or not you, I am judging reactions to the situation. I'm actually going to give Blake Wheeler a B plus. Oh no, and he he definitely handled it well. Hold on. B plus handled it well. Uh, said it. I don't need it. Like I don't need to see. You know, I I feel like I'm empowered in this group, having been here this long to speak up. Like I have a like accountability is important. Blah blah blah. If I'm grading Mark Shifley's response, F, <laughs> F. It doesn't get any worse at all, in my opinion. Quote: I think it's definitely going to be interesting to get their input on why they decided to do it and what was the reasoning. We're off to a great start. Blake's I can't wait to get there. That's like you know your your yearly review is coming from your boss and you're you're it's gonna be bad. 
but you're going in with the best expectations anyway, right? Like I'm definitely yes. excited to hear why his re- uh, Blake's been the heart and soul of the team for a long time. Fine. It's definitely a shock for me to hear it, but I'm definitely excited to hear what the reasoning is. Like I, I just, it's so passive aggressive, bro. That's it's what he does. Passive aggressive, right? That's what Mark Scheifele does. They ask him, they ask him to give feedback off his interaction with Blake Wheeler. So now the second question is, well, did you talk to Blake Wheeler? What did he say about it? Well, I was a shock to him too, right? He called me to tell me it was going to be released and he wanted me to know personally, you know, like now, like I'm in the, like your secret club that you were talking about. Here we are. They're, They're still again. having conversations with each other. Um, and one of me to know is one of those things where you don't know how to take it. You just take it in and you're not being around the guys. That's even the tougher part because when the big stuff happens, you rely on your buddies, you rely on your teammates to bounce ideas off of. So we're all excited to have a new coach. We're all excited to have a new system. We're all excited to have a new structure, understand that system, understand that structure of what we're trying to accomplish. It's excitement. It's excited to get going right for a new voice. You know, that's, that's what we just want to understand the purpose. I think when you could, this is the quote, I think when you come to the rank and you know, the purpose you know why you're doing something that changes everything. Oh my God. So you wanted this coach to call you on the phone, right? You're not, who isn't the captain, right? You're not the cap, And it ex- personally explain it to you before. Oh my gosh. This is also a guy who in his, in his end of year media uh, conference said, you know, I'm, I'm not, was, was declined to essentially commit to Winnipeg through the end of his contract said you know, like he was like, oh, I'll have to see how things turn out or oh, I'll have to see what the, the direction of the team is. Meanwhile, this is a guy who like the, the Jets got got swept in the second round it, because in their eliminate in 2021, because their elimination game, Mark Shifley uh, uh, got suspended. Yeah. And, and then also he didn't take ownership for that. He said he he said, oh, I was hoping to end the season, but I guess, you know, the, the Department of Safety had a different idea. You know, stuff like that. this is a guy like you want to talk about cap like leadership. You know, and I hate that because that Mike Babcock sort of co-opted this word because he's he's a piece of garbage as well. But like I it, it's it's accountability. A leadership leadership hinges on accountability. It's if like I in any situation in life, if you if you are reporting to someone or someone must lead you and that person doesn't at least doesn't demonstrate either a respect for the work you do or demonstrate that they also can do the, the work that you do, that they are accountable um for that action and also that they are that they are, are are willing to to own up to any mistakes like if i had a, like any any boss that i've had who kept who keeps digging themselves in, in holes and never takes responsibility for themselves you know and and uh, always find scapegoats and whatnot and excuses i mean like you never want to work for those people a- accountability is the biggest thing when it comes to leadership it's the pillar of leadership and mark shifley and blake wheeler specifically mark shifley though have never had it is always excuses. It's always someone else's fault. It was always, oh, we don't, uh, Patrick Line is not getting getting along with people, or Patrick Line is not working as hard as I think he should have. Instead of dealing with it, instead like a captain should of sitting him down, instead of you know, like sort of keeping it in-house and all that, he decides to uh, uh basically to let that locker room divide and then ship him out of town. You know, he gets a he gets suspended for a, an elimination game that also causes him to miss 
uh, the first the first game of the end of the year for something that is and also it by the way an incredibly predatory action that he did and he doesn't take responsibility for it he says oh the the department of player safety had their own idea you know it's and the end of the year terrible season in winnipeg more locker room turmoil you know like like the it's divided it's basically the most toxic locker room in the nhl that you don't make the playoffs a disaster season and also mark shifley his defensive numbers cratered this man did not back check there is a there are compilations on youtube of his his like embarrassingly bad back check controller disconnected exactly and he, and he goes well i'm gonna have to well he goes in in a in, in thinking he's still a star player kind of way oh i'm gonna have to see how the you know i'm gonna have to see what the direction of the team is they're gonna have to cater to me so i so i can w- decide whether or not i'm gonna continue to grace them with my presence no yeah. this, mark shifley has the best pr team in the league because every hockey man out there will friggin lick his boots like a like a jawbreaker trying to get to the center of it but you know what at a certain point, I think there needs to be some accountability. If he's not going to get it, then the then the then then the franchise, the organization should should endow it upon them. The Winnipeg Jets are going to implode this season. They didn't make any they didn't make any free agent signings. They did they they chose a half measure with their with their leadership group and and essentially pissed off the only guys who they pissed off the toxic people, which are then going to make everyone else get pissed off. It's a it's a no win situation. They 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 missed out on a coach that they wanted in Barry Trotz, and they had to go to to a backup plan um, in in Rick Bonus. And I question whether or not. I mean, I know this move is made right, and we have to we have to judge him off what he's doing, right? But I I mean, if you're if you weigh those two guys on a scale, Mike, you tell me which one you think can fix these attitude problems. It's Barry it's Trotz. Like it's, yeah, it's Barry Trotz, right? Like this is not the one to do it, and this is a great first step, right? But I think now, like the monitoring for me is like how how insidious does this become insidious? Like, is it already insidious? I don't know. Um, hey, we're on the topic though of players that aren't very good defensively, right? Mm-hmm. Jake Vertanen is another one. It's another phenomenal oh, opportunity God. for us to get into. Um, I have just one. Uh, I know you were really heated, right, uh, a minute ago, and I'm just going to borrow it from I'm you for still, a second. I'm still heated um, now that we're talking about this piece you of know, garbage. It's really difficult. And I don't, I'm not speaking from experience, but it's really difficult in conversations I've had with people and just in, in being a, like someone like who tries to listen to stories mm-hmm. and what people have to say, it can be really difficult for, for victims um, of assault to come forward, right? Mm-hmm. Of various types of assaults to come forward. It can be difficult for people to leave situations and get out of situations and report things. And there's, you know, a level of remembrance, I think that some people go through when they go to report something and there's like a trauma with that. And you know, basically a lot of times you can end up in a situation like where you go into um, a court of law and it's, mm-hmm. it's a, he said, she said situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And those are really difficult situations because more often than not, justice doesn't get served off just that. Right. Um, which more often than not means bad news for the victim. Um, I bring all this up because like, I'm not here to like bury Jake for but that's kind of what his situation was. Right. Like I don't, you know, a lot of people um, on Twitter have said, well, um, he was innocent in the court of law, right? And we have to treat him as such. And that's fine. That's fair, actually, right? Sure. Um, but as a potential general manager or as the potential hockey ops guy, right? Um, do we think that he found himself in that situation by accident? No. What's What about the history dating back to the combine of some of the interview stuff that like set people off and gave them red flags? You know, years have gone by now. You're and and we're gonna overlook all of this stuff, 
going to overlook all of the stuff and we're going to lean on this he said she said court argument right and that's going to be like our bastion our island to rest mm-hmm. on to have the light shine down on us as good wholehearted people with the best of intentions is because this went to this trial where we uh, assume that there was this uh pro, you know total mass amount of evidence right uh where it was thoroughly analyzed in every sense down to the nittiest of gritty uh and without a shadow of a reasonable doubt we know for sure what happened in this scenario that is not what happened right we still have like a victim here who's like very much in the truth of her story right without the ability to have successfully proved it outside of this he said she said argument that sucks right at the same time as this is going on, and, and we have Jake Vertanen getting signed to a, a PTO, um, we have what our third Hockey Canada sexual assault mm-hmm. situation that Rick West is reporting now. Yeah. And at the at the same time that that's going on, the, I mean, I just the tone deafness with which you operate here is insane to me. And keep in mind that um, the president of the Oilers. Uh, uh, oh man, Bob Bob Nicholson is now was also the head of Hockey Canada when uh, these things, or, or like when when the earlier um, alleged assault was alleged to take place, um, and is now being subpoenaed to appear in front of uh, Parliament. Uh, so so you have you have someone who you know at least in the eyes of the government and and this this investigative committee. Um, is potentially played a a central part in this stuff, and he just signed someone who, you know, is is, is someone with the the track record of of Jake Vertanen. I also want to, and I hate making arguments like this because it again it, it goes to discount the victim story, and, and and they can't do this. But even if we take, you know, the horrendous thing that he was accused of out of the, the picture, Jake Vertanen sucks. Jay Vertan is not a in, ter- in in the confines of the NHL professional hockey. Jay Vertan is not a good hockey player. Fifteen he, points in thirty six KHL games. He has and he got released midway through the year. He has never produced consistently or well, really, at the NHL level. He is known as one of the biggest draft busts in recent memory. You know, a, a draft a draft bust that legitimately set the Canucks back a couple of years. Nothing in his track record at any stop of professional hockey. I'm not talking junior. I'm talking professional hockey. He graduated from that, whether it was in the NHL, whether it was, I don't think he ever played in the AHL, but whether it was in the KHL, nothing should give him, nothing should suggest to anyone that he is worthy of a PTO. He is bad. He has always been bad. He has, he has never been good. He, and, and are you expecting that he's just going to be better now that he's deeper, you know, he's closer to the end of his prime. Can I share one more thing with you? Absolutely. This comes from the Survivor Stories Project. Okay. For the last three months, we've been closely watching the events surrounding Jake Vertanen's status with the Canucks whilst awaiting updates in respect to the criminal and independent vindications. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Since Emily's story first came to light, seven other women have contacted us and shared their stories with us privately. Those stories span a several-year period from his junior days through more recent incidents and experiences. While the details of those incidents will not be disclosed publicly, remain deeply saddened for each and every woman that endured any sort of trauma, been in contact with investigators, um, 
you know, sort of et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was on Instagram. So how much of due diligence did the Oilers do? Any? Did you do any? Or did you take your not guilty verdict? And again, that's your island. That's your bastion of goodness. And somebody on Twitter said, Mike, uh, well, it's not like they're bringing in convicted convicted felons into camp. No, just potential serial sexual assault abusers. That's so much better. Yeah. And then also they, they you know, maybe he'll play on a line with Evander Kane. You know, anything like for is, any. Can he play and then, goal? And then and then on top of that, Conor McDavid at the media tour asked about about, you know, whether his thoughts on Hockey Canada with all this comes out. He goes, you know, I stand like I, I'm, I'm proud to represent Hockey Canada. He still says that. It's it's the Oilers are you rotten. Can, the, you know what the right thing to stay there, Mike, is I, you what? can be proud. That's fine. Like representing your country is a very important thing. But you, no, 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 at you the same breath, country. you don't you, have to say Hockey Canada is different. It's than, a program, yes. right? It's a program. And in it's the same, company. if you're going to say that in the same breath, there needs to be there needs to be either a call for change, right? Mm-hmm. Or a criticism of the events that have taken place Absolutely. to just to just talk about pride. And to lean into nationalism mm-hmm. as the reason why everything's cool. Come on, man. Like it's it, we're past this point now. And the and the we're just the onion. This is the onion of all time. I think that's all I need to say. <laughs>